the leader of the unofficial opposition. Ryan Lilly is on your side. Beyond the News on News Talk 580 CFRA. As we've been through one of the deepest and longest recessions in our history, uh, yet unemployed Albertans, through their federal taxes, have been forced to subsidize tuition rates and daycare rates in other parts of the country with higher growth. Uh An on-fire Jason Kennedy, the opposition leader in Alberta, reacting to news that the federal government has changed the... Well, they haven't changed the way equalization is going to be doled out. They changed what they promised, which was that they would negotiate on this. The Alberta government seems fine and seems to have been given a heads up about this. I'm sure that the government of Saskatchewan is not happy, but uh, tempted to reach Premier Scott Moe. He is traveling in the northern part of his province. And if you've been to northern Saskatchewan, it's like northern Ontario. You can't get a cell phone uh, signal worth a damn. But we were able to track down an unemployed gentleman named Brad Wall. Who? Okay, no, not unemployed. Brad Wall, the former premier of Saskatchewan, is uh, is joining us tonight. And Brad, this is not a a new fight from Western Canada. This issue about equalization, is it? No, it's not a new fight. I mean, uh, look, it's been four years really since the the price of oil crashed, uh, and Western provinces have been putting up with the challenge of balancing budgets. But more important for uh, the people that we represent, that I used to represent. Uh, you know, trying to keep people working. And um, so we were pointing out that there was this great lag built into the formula, this lag between um, between a response to actual things on the ground and the formula itself uh, I, affecting uh, payments. And I so thought that was it was one a point. three-year cycle. Yeah, well, it's it, it, it's been four years. And yeah. It's not a three-year cycle. The other issue, as you know, Brian, has been the the fact that that natural resources, energy resources, are not treated equally. They never have been. Hydro's never been included. Uh, and so you have uh, Manitoba, even, and other provinces. Quebec, certainly, uh, getting a lot. Uh, and, and not having to count their sort of, and this is oversimplifying things, uh, oversimplifying things, but not having to count their hydro. Today, the program... No, no, no. I, think that's, I think that's vitally important for people to understand. Quebec makes a lot of money exporting hydro to... New York State to Vermont, right. New Hampshire, all of these places, uh, even down, I believe, as far as Massachusetts, they, they that, that doesn't count. But if your province escort, uh, exports a, a barrel of oil and, and you make money off of it, that counts. That does count. You're absolutely right. And so that should that should matter. Uh, you know, there's another point here that I made today on some posts uh, with respect to not just Quebec, but some Atlantic Canadian provinces banning fracking banning certain resource development. And, you know, I, I made the point today, or at least I threw out a sort of a rhetorical question. If you are, the equalization formula is based on the economic capacity of the various provinces. The capacity is informed by government policy. So if a government decides we are not going, we're going to ban fracking, or we're going to ban oil and gas development or restrict it because we don't like it. We bought into the sort of the leap manifesto attack on, on, on Canadian energy, Canadian oil, and so we're not going to allow for it, there should be a penalty. At the, it's just common sense. If you're going to withhold or, uh, I guess, stymie your own development as a province, then there should be a penalty to pay well, in terms of equalization payments. If, if you're on EI not, and you, refu- yeah. you, you just 
say, I'm, I'm not looking for a job, Absolutely. they'll cut you off. Correct. And in this case, we have the province of Quebec, who just earlier this month banned fracking and also limited oil and gas development. You know, I, know, I, I know you those, You know this, Brian. They get $11 billion of the $18 billion program. $11 billion. This is a 400-year-old economy of the second most populous province in the country. So if that's not uh, unfair and at least worthy of discussion, I don't know what is. And the federal government has just sort of, obviously, they have uh, uh, limited or, or eliminated any kind of discussion or debate about equalization with this uh, uh, think it has measure to, in the budget bill. I think it comes down to 40 Quebec MPs for the Liberal Party, 11 Liberal MPs from Nova Scotia, 10 uh, Liberal MPs from New Brunswick. I guess so. Um, I mean, but it's why you see Western alienation on the rise, Brian, it is. I've never seen uh, the level that I'm seeing currently in terms of Western alienation, uh, and I've been in politics for 18 years and I guess I still am, even though I'm not running for anything anymore. I'm trying to observe and pay attention. And there is more Western alienation right now in Alberta and Saskatchewan. I can't speak for any other province, but that's where I am the most mm-hmm. um, than I've ever than I've seen. So I put forward that when Justin Trudeau does things like this, or when he has the upstream downstream emissions rules for the Trans Canada. Energy East pipeline, but not for right. the Energy Saguenay pipeline. Right. That uh, or not for a giant cement plant. Yeah, that there's not even an environmental assessment. Right. For that, when he's got all these special rules for Quebec, that people out west feel that they're not treated fairly. That and I put forward that Justin Trudeau, through these actions, is endangering national unity. I don't think that's hyperbole. You know, maybe. Maybe it would have been premature to say something like that a year and a half ago, but we've since that, you know, over the term of his government uh, and over the years, including the last 18 months, we've just seen the evidence uh, stack against the federal government's interest in Western Canadian uh, interests uh, in, in, you know, we're really proud in Saskatchewan that we're a have province. I don't, I'm sure that nobody in Saskatchewan wants to go back to the have not days. I'm sure that's true for Alberta. We, you know, for for a while, way back when, we we did receive equalization payments. So it feels good to be kind of contributing as taxpayers to the to the country more than we get back. Um, and uh, I'm sure that won't change in the in the future. But we also want fairness. Uh, I think that's also true. We also want uh, the, the chance to continue to contribute uh, at the level that we are. And so that means, you know, approve a pipeline and not nationalize an expansion but approve the gateway was all ready to go and it's it was killed and the neb emission change uh, the neb changes basically killed the energies pipeline i think that's true there's been methane regulations that have been piled on there's the carbon tax uh and now there's this i think it's a slap in the face in terms of what they've done with equalization uh you know including it in this omnibus bill and if people if the if the federal liberals are wondering why western canadians are feeling as bad as they did about uh, how their federal government feels, treats them uh, as they were under the former Trudeau, the elder Trudeau, as they are uh, currently, they just need to look to the evidence yeah. so, over the last number of months. Let me ask you then. I know that politically yeah. you're closer to Stephen Harper than Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a shock to anyone. I, I don't I don't know the relationship you have with Stephen Harper, but I don't think you guys are going fishing every weekend. 
Um, (laughs) You, I can picture going fishing. Stephen Harper, not so much. Uh, But I never got the sense that any province felt that they were being slighted. I think sometimes you all felt like, I'm not getting a fair shake, but you couldn't say it's consistently me. And no, we all, we, you're right. We all felt that together. I mean, they might, they did a few uh, sort of unilateral, uh, uh, Xander took a few unilateral moves as well. The health transfer was announced by Flaherty at a finance minister's meeting. He just said, basically, here's what it is. Uh, and, but that was everybody. That was all of us. We were all, so you're all treated that. the same way. They were all, we were all treated the same. Now, there's been this notion that what if the prime minister only meets more officially in a, in an FMM, a first minister's meeting with the, with the premiers, won't that be much better? Well, no, if there's no results from it, if the result is this, this sort of uh, asymmetrical federalism uh, in the extreme, then it's not any, you know, I don't, I don't need to, as premier, I didn't need to go to another meeting, Brian. I just wanted results. And with what, what you had with Harper, he, he wasn't real excited to have meetings with all the premiers, but he never turned down a call, not once, or a meeting if we happened to be in Ottawa or he was in the province. Not once. And so you could have a meeting and not agree on everything. And he was pretty, pretty blunt about things he didn't agree <laughs> with. But, uh, but you had that access. You, were, you had a hearing. And more often than not, in our case, Brian, we got nuclear cooperation agreements with China and India. That meant Saskatchewan uranium for the first time ever could be into those markets. And that was a great example of a prime minister acting, not because it was in his political interest, because we only have 14 seats and we're the only province that has any uranium, but because he thought it was the right thing to do for the 44% of the workforce at the First Nations that, that worked for the uranium uh, company Cameco, and also mm-hmm. because it was good for the country. And so, and there yeah, was other but, examples where we didn't get what we wanted, I could point to. He, but, the, but, but we never ever were, we never felt that we were singled out. And I think that that's how the West feels right now. So you mentioned developing resources like uranium, being able to export it to India for peaceful purposes. That's right. that's the goal. Uh, meanwhile, you've you've got Quebec, uh, New Brunswick, and, and I think Nova Scotia. They've all banned fracking. Quebec and Newfoundland together have this deposit called Old Harry that's supposed to just be massive in the St. Lawrence. It's not like we don't know how to drill for oil offshore. We do it around the world. Canadian expertise has been instrumental in the development of the North Sea oil in Britain and elsewhere in the world. We could be doing this, and uh, they're letting it sit there, but saying, please keep sending us more money. Right. So the equalization formula is all about helping provinces who who have tried to develop their economy and meet their capacity, meet their potential, but they've just fallen short because maybe they don't have the natural resources or whatever the reason might be. And the formula is very complicated, but that's the, that's the principle. And that, that public service would be roughly the same wherever you live in the country. And I do believe this, Brian, absolutely believe that if a provincial government willfully refuses to develop a resource to meet its full potential and its capacity, whether it's uh, hydrocarbons or some other resource, there should be an implication on equalization. There should be a penalty. I'm not sure they should qualify at all because the whole premise of the program is, you know, some provinces just don't have enough capacity. Uh, and so we should, we should equalize them. Well, there's provinces here today in the country in Atlantic Canada and significantly in Quebec that have capacity and are refusing for political reasons to develop it. And so why then are our taxpayers still funding equalization for those provinces? All right, Brad Wall, thanks for the time tonight. All the best. Enjoy your weekend.
I'm I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. Let me know what you think. Look, I I, I love Quebec. I used to live in Quebec, work in Quebec. I've lived next to Quebec for most of the last 20 years. But they don't develop their economy. Should we still be sending them all the money? What about Atlantic Canada? What about Nova Scotia and New Brunswick? Drop me a line. Beyond the News at CFRA.com. This is mind-boggling that we let it go on. Insurgent. Believe it. The resistance is here. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. News Talk 580 CFRA.